from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right. Welcome to Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike. This is Luke Acri. Yes, we are here. We are ready to go. I've had two monster energy Two drinks. monsters. Two. So if you don't understand a word I say this podcast, that's the reason why. That's my disclaimer in the beginning. Ready to but go. Talking really, fast. Yes, talking fast. Really excited to be on the podcast today because Should I read be. the bio of the person we're interviewing today. I'll and, read it again. Yeah, you're going to read it again, but... I'm I'm super impressed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to picking this person's brain. So listen up. You are going to learn a ton. And we might get a little controversial because we're going to talk about like iBuyers, are real estate agents going to be replaced? You know, mm. what's going to happen? And not just real estate agents. You're a financial advisor listening to this. Dude. Are you going to be replaced by a robo-advisor? Like what do we do in this technology-driven world? How do we adapt? That's where we're going. So Josh... Today, Without further ado, today we have Veronica Figueroa on the podcast. She is an absolute rock star in the real estate and coaching world. Veronica leads the award-winning Figueroa team of Remax Innovation in Orlando, Florida, and is a highly sought-after speaker and coach. She focuses on inspiring real estate agents to write their own story of success through her DMI Academy. Stands for Dream, Motivate, Inspire, and I love the attitude here because looking at the website earlier saw this tagline on her site, said, from mindset to motion, which is what we are all about here on Stay Paid, getting your mind in the right place, and then putting those Take ideas, action, those baby. dreams into yes. action quickly. Veronica, welcome to Stay Paid. Thank you. Thank you. And I think there's a really cool uh, disclaimer that um, that bio needs to be updated because just 10 days ago, I moved over to EXP. We walked away from Ooh, the EMAX okay. and we uh, changed over to EXP. So there's a little... Uh, I think unexpected announcement. Uh oh, bam! We like first here, you news. heard it first. Breaking news. <laughs> We're better than Inman News right now. That's it's it. Stay Paid Podcast <laughs> is changing to a news podcast, ladies and gentlemen. No, it is exciting to have you on, Veronica. Really excited to hear your story, and even excited to hear why you chose to go to EXP because I know that is a big thing out there right now. It seems a ton of agents yeah. are going to this virtual brokerage. But go ahead, you know, I always ask, you know, if you could introduce yourself to the audience, give them, you know, the 30,000 foot view of your journey, how you got into real estate, what's led you up to today, and really why are you doing what you're doing? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm super honored that you guys would feel that I can just come on and possibly add value, tremendous value to our audience. And and that's what I want to do. Um, You know, my story is just someone who... um, fell into real estate by a need, a necessity. I was a um, newly single mother who had just went through divorce. Mm. And at the age of 25 years old, had a college degree, had worked in hospitality and human resources. But at that point, it wasn't going to cut taking care of my kids. Um, so I think that that's really just, you know, there's no really, you know, big story about other than I had a need. I had a real estate office. Um, I'm sorry, a real estate license that I had just gotten out of college and I mm. put on a shelf because I was pursuing my my degree in human resources and and learned so much and was super grateful for my experience um, in that field, but it wasn't paying the bills. 
And I had a fire within me when I looked at my kids to make sure that this divorce was not going to sacrifice the lifestyle I wanted for them. Um, and I awesome. started just doing it part time in my market, which is Orlando, Florida. Timeshare is a really big thing. Um, so I was like, okay, what better way? Timeshare capital of the world. I have a hospitality background, um, with a little bit of human resource. I'm going to be a timeshare rock star. I absolutely <laughs> sucked at it. I absolutely. <laughs> about it. Um, but I learned a lot. I went through a lot of the training and which I think is some of the best sales training in the industry in any industry. I agree. Um, um, you know, the TO concept to qualifying people to, you know, getting them to make a decision based on what's important to them or making them realize what should be important to them. Um, at that moment at 21, 24, you know, between the age of 21 and 24, I didn't appreciate the art of sales at that moment. As now that I look back, I'm like, thank you, Timeshare, for helping me at least appreciate the art of communication and, mm -hmm. and, and persuasion and listening um, and making sure that you are intentional within that time frame um, and capturing that person's attention. Mm. So fast forward, I didn't appreciate it then. Looking back now, I think it was part of the journey. Um, I knew I had to provide for my kids, tried it, didn't work. And then a friend of mine said, hey, you should really do residential sales. And I'm like, wow, okay, I've only bought and sold one house, and that was my own home with a builder, and the builder did everything for me. So I have no clue whatsoever. Um, and at that point, I was young, green, wet behind the ears, had no idea. And I was like, well, you mean I have to pay an office to hang my license, and I have to sign up with the board? I'm broke. I'm divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any money for this. Um and I just realized, okay, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet. I think I put my MLS dues on a credit card. Um, I found the cheapest place to hang my license. And I'll tell you a little story about that later. Um, I've learned the, the, the consequences of, you know, working with the cheapest person on the block, um, myself, even as a broker. Um, but, you know, I did what I had to do. And my first uh, six months in real estate, you know, started off slow. I was still working my full-time job. I was taking calls underneath my desk at work, hoping I didn't get fired. And um, just one day, I just realized, man, if I could really get good at this, you know, I'm going to just get really intentional. And within three months, I think I made $11,000. I had $17,000 worth mm. of GCI pending. And, um, you know, I said, okay. And this was my first year full-time, you know, like really getting intentional with this That's while awesome. I had part-time job. I mean, a job. So this was my part-time gig. So I looked at my mom and I remember I was like, I'm really liking this real estate thing. People are liking me. People are trusting me. I'm at every baby shower. I'm at every wedding prospecting. I'm at every, you know, kids soccer. <laughs> I mean, baseball. that's a golden well, nugget right there. Uh. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. So at that point, I remember looking at my mom and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to quit my full-time job. And she said to me, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, you know, my mom is super conservative, although she, you know, would open up a, 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 a bodega as if you if anybody knows what that means it's a Spanish grocery store in every place that my dad uh, was uh, stationed in the military. She oh, was still wow. super conservative about me and her grandchildren. She thought I needed to have benefits. She thought I needed to play it safe at that point because the kids were still small. Um, being a newly single mother, I said, Mom, think about it. If I made this amount of money part time, imagine what I could do if I dedicated all my time to this. Um, and she still thought I was crazy. Everyone thought I was crazy. Um, and this was in 2005. So it was raining buyers and sellers. Right. I mean, subprime market. We were catching filet mignons and, you know, <laughs> in the air and we were just selling. It was great. 
Um, and I had a boost of confidence. I think first year in partially uh, full time, I made like $60,000. I thought I was mm. great. And then together with my other job, second year in, I cracked a hundred thousand. Third year in, I just started really rocking and rolling. And you are a um, I hired my, well, I was just hungry. I was determined. I had kids and I just knew I didn't want to fail. Um, I have a drill sergeant father. So he wired me to believe that I can do anything I put my mind to. Um, and I grew up with my brother and my cousins kind of like beating me up. I grew up in a, in a school where there weren't people who looked like me. So I used to get bullied and jumped. So mm. I was, I had a backbone of steel. That's awesome. I have one, I think. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the backstory of that rejection that really doesn't phase me. So I just knew I had to just push through and I hired my first assistant in 2006. And that was the, that was the month that I got married to my husband of, you know, now we're 13 years married and awesome. my business Congrats. partner. I had 13 closings that month and three of them were on my wedding day. Um, so <laughs> I just knew very quickly that, um, this was something that I was meant to do. And I was so obsessed with it once I went all in. And that's just the type of person I am. And you're going to learn that later on is when I commit and when I'm all in, it, I'm all in. I mean, you will mm. see me in your sleep if you <laughs> if you have my attention. Um, so that's what happened. I just started really getting intentional with this and I fell in love with it. I hired my first assistant, not even know how much I could I could afford. I just knew that I needed to leverage myself. Um, and then, you know what? We were rocking and rolling. It was great. And then the market crashed. Yep. Yeah. And then we were broke. Then you flatlined. We lost it all. Flatlined. Um, I had no idea what a short sale was, and I was Googling everything. You learned real sale. quick. No. <laughs> I became the short sale queen in my market real quick. Um, and then um, I just knew I had to make a decision at that moment to either be a statistic of an agent who just got into the market when things were good or who could throw, who could thrive and survive when things were bad. And I knew wow. I was yeah. wired to make it happen. And also when short sales started popping up, I looked at all the top producers in the market who had been in the game longer than me, who had a, I had a lot of respect for. And I remember printing out their pictures, finding their business card, putting it on my armoire. And, you know, I was manifesting that I was going to be a top producer right there with them. And some of them had the Fannie Mae account. Some of them had the Freddie Mac account. Some of them had, you know, market share. And I said, you know, I, I, I cut my face out and I put it right next to them. And I said, mm. you know, I'm going to have assets, you know, assets that I've never even sold an REO in my life before, but I'm going to figure out how to do so. I'm going to be um, number one in our market and wow. I'm going to be someone that people will look up to them like they do to them. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew what that I wanted it really bad. Um, so I took um, our last $5,000 and I bought a ticket to five star in Texas, um, had no business going out there. And my, I told my husband, I said, um, and I have five kids. So he, I was like, babe, I'm taking our last $5,000 and I'm going to go <laughs> knock on some asset management, asset managers doors. Wow. And he was like thinking, and I had one little, one little account, one little account that I was lucky enough to, to, to get. And I knew I had to wow that person. Cause it's like they run in tribes. One asset manager knows another asset manager, you know, so I figured if I'm going to solicit or if I'm going to prospect sellers, I'm going to prospect a seller who's going to give me multiple accounts mm. because I have a lot of children I have to feed. <laughs> um, and uh, we went out there and I remember we 
we, with that $5,000, I stretched that $5,000 like I'd never stretched any money before. We went to a local bowling alley. I said, how many lanes can I get with this, this amount of money? And I had never been to Capitol Grill. I booked a, 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 a dinner table at Capitol Grill. And then I, I was like, I've never bought a bottle service because my kids were little back then. And I still had not enjoyed that type of lifestyle. <laughs> um, but I said, babe, we're going all in or nothing. And he was like, if we don't come home with assets, we better start talking about who's our divorce attorney. Because <laughs> he was like, what are you doing to us? And, um, you know, and it was interesting because I said, babes, I, I trust my intuition. I trust my gut. I trust that the same way they gave us an opportunity, people are going to see our fire and they need a great local partner in Orlando. And who better than us? We're hungry. We're not taking it for granted. And at I'm that sold. point, I remember yeah. my awe. We came home on Monday. We had 37 assets in our inbox. The only problem was they were all over the state of Florida. So I had to build teams Ooh. in Tampa, uh, Miami, Orlando, Northern Ocala. I had to get access to MLSs that I had no idea existed. But we did so in less than a week. I built teams. And that was like Operation Go. And I knew at that moment, I was like, okay, you wanted the golden ticket? Be careful what you ask for. It's go time. <laughs> And it was like I built my SWAT team, I built my Navy SEALs team, and we ended up being um, one of the most successful REO agents in our market. Um, and I've always tried to stay very uh, connected with my gut. And when I saw everybody was focused on short sales and REOs and only focusing on that, I also remember the silo of our business, of the traditional business, and really understanding that that was important as well. Um, and while all this other business was running, I had my vision on conquering a market that I was a new girl in town. I was a new girl in this new community where other people had already planted their seed. And um, they were like, oh, this girl runs this town. I said, well, she better make room for one more person <laughs> because I want to raise my kids here. And I want to. Dude, I'm getting chills. I want to do <laughs> So um, I've always been obnoxious in everything I do. So we just started really guerrilla marketing, really getting out there, doing community events. And I had a little gut feeling that the REO market was going to slow down. So I started going really hard, really, really hard on intentional farming and recruiting and building teams. And I had still signs in the yard. So I had leads coming in. So I had buyer's agents or referral partners at that time. And that's when I start, I formed the Figueroa team. That was okay. when the Figueroa team inception really happened because I started realizing I had an overflow of abundance of business that I could feed other people mm. who weren't willing to go out and get the business themselves. Um, and then from there, you know, we just started rocking and rolling as a little boutique office. Um, and we were planting our flag and really, really entrenching ourselves with local business owners, community leaders, um, community events. And one day I just looked at my husband. I said, so what's next? And he's like, you can never sit still. He was like, why do you always want something else? And um, I just knew at that point we were a boutique brokerage that was just basically wanting to offer a competitive split, but we really weren't pushing ourselves. Um, we really wanted more. Um, and at that point, I just, one day I said, I wonder what it would look like to be a Remax broker. And I just Googled it. I called them and I was like, I want to open a Remax franchise. They're like, what? Who are you? I said, you, I'm going to send you my production. I've got money to, that I want to invest. And there's not a Remax in my market. And the last one that was here, I don't think, um, you know, had the energy that I have. And I want to be the Remax broker owner of this area. 
Um, they came in hard with the clothes. They flew us out to Vegas. And then next thing you know, we opened in 2012 and we from there just became a pretty successful Remax office. I just sold my Remax franchise um, two weeks ago to one of our old top producing agents, which God bless her. She's an wow. amazing um, agent. She's going to be an amazing Remax broker owner. Um, I drive by, so I'll be able to continue and see that legacy, but it was a different chap. I'm in a different place now in my life, but it's still something I'm super proud of. Um, from there, we just continued to just rise. We reached diamond. We've reached all kinds of accolades. Mm. Um, and then we just started spreading ourselves out to the world, um, meeting top producers from all over the country, um, exposing ourselves also to the online game. Do I need to take a breath? Woo! No, <laughs> please keep going. Um, this is inspiring. Exposing ourselves to the like online game. That's when, you know, we signed up with Boomtown and I was like, you mean I got to pay you to get leads? <laughs> um, and then I just started realizing what that was. And I was like, what does nurture mean? I just, you know, I'm a belly to belly, elbow to elbow type of girl. So I didn't really understand what was happening um, in 2012, 2013, as this really started evolving. Zillow had been on the scene for a little bit, you know, um, they still had their gas pedal to set up your profile and Boomtown, you know, was still selling us paper clicks at the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like, these leads suck. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. But then I realized, <laughs> no, we suck because we had horrible follow up because we didn't understand mm. um, lead conversion, online conversion. We knew if you met me in person, I was going to make an impression. But yeah. I had to get you on the phone. I had to get you to answer um, and then slowly but surely we started really getting passionate about the online space and what that would look like and how we could dominate in that space. So we dissected Boomtown, we dissected pay-per-clicks, we dissected Craigslist, um, ads, and we just started getting really intentional. I remember we bought Zillow leads one time and, um, I was like, this is ridiculous. What is this? Um, <laughs> Zillow thing. And then we ended up firing them. Um, and then... I think a year later, I was at an R4 Remax conference and I met um, the girl that changed my life when it came to Zillow. Uh, her name was uh, Sarah Enesapori and she just wowed me. She says, listen, we think you should try this. I'm like, I tried it before. I was like, I failed miserably. I was like, I'm not going to do it. And she says, give me your credit card. We're going to make this happen <laughs> for you. She was like, I'm going to have you coach with some of the best teams across the country who mm. are having massive success with it. And she was like, I like your energy. And I think that you would really, really do well. Um, I said, okay, just don't show my husband. Don't let my husband see you get the credit card. It was $283 at the time. Um, I remember I called her back three weeks later and I was like, oh my God, this is like crap. I want more. I was like, I've never done crap, but I'm just saying it was just like, it, it was crazy because I had one buyer's agent that put 10 people under contract within the first month. And it was just like people were high intent buyers, high intent sellers. And um, we just realized, okay, we're onto something. And we just started reinvesting. We started, you know, advertising the way we normally would do in guerrilla marketing in our neighborhoods on the online space mm. and making sure that we were nurturing these leads like the same way we had already learned through Boomtown and through our, you know, multiple touches. So we really felt confident this go around and um, fast forward Today, um, you know, we'll get into some of that controversy. I sit on Zillow's advisory board. Um, I was the agent who launched Zillow Instant Offers oh, as wow. the beta test. Um, we won most innovative team of the year last year from Inman. I'm sorry, two years ago for being bold enough to take on this 
this challenge of accepting and embracing the I buyer concept and willing to not resist the change that consumers are asking for. Um, and you know, we just felt that there's no better team out there that's grittier than us. That's more open-minded than us. And that's accepting that things are changing and consistently evolving. And it's our duty as agents to stay relevant. It's our duty as agents to stay, um, I mean, basically elevating our game and, but always making sure that buyers and sellers are given, given the best experience. And Mm. sometimes not always what we as agents in our traditional mindset would think is the best experience for the sellers and the buyers. So, I mean, that's pretty much in a nutshell. I have 21 agents on my team. Um, we did just make the switch to EXP. We had a hundred percent capture rate of our team when we wow. sold our franchise. Um, we chose to move over to EXP because again, if you hear, if you heard the backstory, you know, we need to be able to be aligned with the company that's very forward thinking that allows us to cross into multiple markets. Uh, we love the fact that you could go into, you have one broker that has multiple MLSs. Um, and also with us now being the, Zillow offers for Orlando, which hopefully we expect to expand in other markets very quickly. Um, we want to be able to have, uh, you know, the ability to work with a broker that allows us to be us and, and move into space, be nimble, be flexible, um, and cross into markets and, and really attract agents who get it and who want to be a part of this mm. abundance of overflow of business that we have. It's a truth as old as sales itself. If you want to stay paid, you've got to close deals. And if you want to close deals, you're going to need leads. But how do you get all of these leads in the first place? Well, if you're a real estate agent looking to attract new clients, you'll definitely want to check out our ebook. It's called, you guessed it, Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents. This is a great primer for new agents or a refresher for seasoned ones. It'll teach you all about effective lead campaigns as well as mistakes you'll want to avoid. To download your free copy of Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents, go to ReminderMedia.com slash Lead Generation. That's ReminderMedia.com slash Lead Generation. For more leads tomorrow, take action today. I mean, you are, you are <laughs> incredible. <laughs> like, I, this, I'm blown away. That, that story was incredible. I, there was parts I got chills in that story. <laughs> I, I wanna, uh-huh. I, we're going to have to do, there's so much meat on the bones that we could go into here. If I'm in the audience right now, which I I am, it's just like, man, there's so many avenues we could go. I want to know about how you prospected, how you do your follow-up, all these things, how you lead a team of 21 people. So we're going to have to have you back. But let's stay on this iBuyer because I think it's super really relevant right now. It's everywhere I turn on Facebook because I obviously follow a bunch of real estate stuff. And so it's everywhere I turn there. People are arguing it back and forth in comments. It's all over in the news all the time. I'm curious, okay? You choose to go into and be the first iBuyer and Zillow offers, I guess, in Orlando. And you choose to be the first agent to test it out. Can you walk through for me like... What is it like? What's the setup and what's the difference between you doing it on your own residential and what they offer you through the, you know, Zillow offers? And then ultimately, what do you think is going to happen? Like, do you think the iBuyer market's going to take over and it's going to start switching to where 80% is done by iBuyers, 20% by normal residential real estate agents? What's your thoughts there? So, can you give us a little bit of your. Controversial, controversial statements. No, <laughs> yeah, like but the percent, like the percentage. I'm curious to know the percentage type stats, and then curious to know 
you know, do you think it's headed that way? And because you're a super successful residential real estate agent, but yet you're going towards the I buyer. And I'm curious why. Well, I look at my business with different silos, right? I have different departments. I have my mothership team, which again, we love to service traditional buyers and sellers and referrals and past clients, right? That part of our business is still the mothership. Mm. It is what people see in the community. It is what agents get inspired to join. And we believe 100% in our traditional business. We love it. We still think it's important. However, it's that other opportunity that we're just not okay with leaving on the table. If it's not me, it's someone else. Mm. So I'd rather it be me. So when the opportunity came out two years ago for instant offers, I went in with blind faith that at least I would be a voice to have an opinion on how this program should work and how agents should be involved. And at that point, it was just a test. At that point, Zillow decided to do this and they had... um other investors. It was OfferPad. It was other, you know, acquisition uh, investors who were making these purchases. And we were just cranking out CMAs every day gotcha. um, for them. And we didn't know. And then they were like, hey, you know, you're going to get seller leads. And these seller leads are new opportunities because this program isn't for everyone. Not everyone is willing to accept an iBuyer offer. So I said, put me up. Sign me up, coach. I was like, put me, put me to bat. Let's go. You put me in front of more sellers. That's just another opportunity for us to create additional relationships with sellers for our agents and our buyers. Um, it was either a seller we had no relationship with, or we would have never probably prospected. Um, and, and the net was pretty wide. They casted a pretty wide net and we wanted a piece of it. And I'm always thinking ahead. And I said, okay, well, if I ever have an expansion opportunity, this would be great because I, I can then expand in certain markets where we have the seller leads. Um, so, you know, I went in there with an open mind. I really didn't know what this was going to turn out to be. I just knew I could be a part of real estate history. I can prove that consumers want an on-demand experience where they have complete control, um, transparency, and um, consistency, right? Hey, I think that's a great option. And I mean, I'm all in. I already said it. I'm all in in this career. So if they're ever going to write a book on iBuyer, my name better be on it. You know, it better be in <laughs> that's it. That's awesome. Um, so that's for all the authors out there. But, you know, I just knew that there was something, but I wasn't clear. I didn't really know what I was signing myself up. I didn't know I was going to sign up, sign myself up for backlash in the industry and being called right. a sellout. Yep. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was going to be called, you know, a, a lazy agent because I pay for leads. Um, I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a recreational mm. agent. I am building wealth for other agents. They trust me with their careers. So I knew I had to have different pillars of our business. You've got the traditional agent. You've got the acquisition side of things. You've got the Resale, you've got the wholesale. So for me, I said, okay, well, I want to become as knowledgeable as possible with this. And it was it was a test. It was just a pilot. Yep. They had told me it's just a, a test, a pilot. I had tested a couple things with them, um, and I really didn't know what to expect when we got Inman Innovator of the Year. That was really humbling. It was just amazing. Um, and then they left. They said, you know what? It was great testing this in Orlando, Veronica. Um, we've decided we're going to go a different direction right now with um, instant offers. We'll come back to you. We'll let you know when we're ready to come back to Orlando. Kind of was heartbroken. I was like, oh, man, we just like <laughs> knocked out thousands of CMAs for you and you're leaving us. I said, but guess what? These are sellers I can still prospect. So we put them in our database. We were just making sure that we can keep on staying in front of them. So we had a couple success, you know, a number of good successful closings um, and realizing, you know, these were free leads. These were, this was I an opportunity that. that we. Well, you have a mindset of abundance. 
You have a mindset yeah. of abundance. And you're, you're approaching the business very intellectually and you're approaching it as a business owner, which I love. So then what do you think the future is? Right. So like, it, well, it, do you think the market's going to go to iBuyers? And I know that's a really you know, big statement and it's not something that you can say in a 30 second clip. But what it, what do you think it's heading to? Well, check this out. They left and then Open Door opens up here. And obviously OfferPad came very hard in Orlando. We're just like very similar to a Phoenix market or to a Vegas market. We're, we're very priced. We're priced very affordably and great weather. People want to live in Orlando. So it was a great place for the iBuyer to succeed and test. Um, Zillow leaves and they come back. They just launched. We just launched the new Zillow offers in Orlando, Florida on June 10th. And we had to go through an intense interview process and we got it. I call it kind of like the golden buzzard and, and, and the golden ticket to Hollywood. And I know a lot of agents don't get that, but think about being in front of that many seller opportunities. Mm. Think about having that many signs in the yard. Um, I know, I know it's not what everybody will welcome, but we saw it as another opportunity to help more sellers. Um, and these are sellers who are requesting it. I mean, we have completed hundreds of CMAs just in the last two weeks because these people are saying, Hey, I would love to consider this option an option. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to accept it, but I'd love to see what they have to offer. What we have found is that sellers, just like you as a consumer, you want options. Mm, you, yeah. you want options. You want choices. You want transparency. And you'll make a decision based on what's important to you. So do I believe the iBuyers are going to... Do I believe they're going to impact our business? Yes. Do I believe that there is space for both the, the the very good agents who run great businesses, who stay in front of their consumers and can justify why someone who maybe might be in a situation where, let's say, there was a death in the family. You know, I, I have a situation someone called me yesterday. The son committed suicide. The father met, found him in the garage. Mm. Guess what? They called me and said, Veronica, they want out now. How mm. quickly can you get them a cash offer? Like, right. that is so selfish of me to say, well, I don't want them going with iBuyers because I want to sell their home. Mm. Why wouldn't I want to give them a solution that will truly help that seller, you know, during this difficult situation? So do I think they're here to stay? I think for a while, for a long time, yes. I think they're going to change the game. I think that there will be a space for both of us, the traditional agent and the iBuyer space to still uh, play in the sandbox. Um, and I think it's going to be a, a percentage of sellers that are going to be okay with leaving a little bit of money on the table if there's a service fee. But these service fees across the board are ranging about 7% across the nation. Some homes are going to vary based on the amount of repairs that they need. But for the most part, they're coming in about 7 to 10% you know, a servicing fee, which is when you're looking for convenience and you're looking for transparency and you're looking for, I get out, I get to pick my closing yes, day, Steve. no hassle, no open houses. I mean, I'll pay for an Uber black just because <laughs> I want convenience. Mm. You know, I'll, you know, I'll upgrade to something because I want convenience. I know what to expect. And I think that that's what we're seeing. So I say to agents out there who are not embracing this, it's like, I, I just had a coaching call with an agent who called me freaking out because the the buyer didn't perform. The seller's already packed up. She calls me. She says, can we get them a cash offer? I said, absolutely we can. Make sure you lock in your representation fee. So you go to them and say, listen, I'm, I'm, an, I'm your real estate agent. You trust me. And my job is to make sure I find you a buyer, whether it's the traditional route or the non-traditional route. However, along the way, I'm going to ensure that, that I represent you. This is my representation fee. 
you give me permission to obtain a cash offer from a non-traditional I buyer institution and I have a, a, an, a, an array of them, okay, you're still going to get paid, Mr. Allen agent, Mr. Agent. Just mm. think of a mind shift. Stop thinking about just your best interest, which is your commission, and start thinking about abundance and a solution for your sellers. This seller, his best interest is to get something. He wants to move in seven days or less. Man. Most agents don't have that ability. I mean, or the seller who was left at closing, who their agent is calling me saying, I'm a strong enough negotiator that my seller will still pay me my fee and still accept the service fee because they want me to be there to hold their hand, but they appreciate me bringing this alternative solution to them. So this is all I have to say to agents is like, just simply have a different conversation and think about this. What if you go to a listing appointment and say, Hey, part of my listing agreement says I have a non-traditional um, program as well. Should I bring an uh, uh, alternative solution to you or a non-traditional cash buyer and you go that route? This is what I would charge you. I'm saving on marketing costs. I'm saving on all these things. I still want to sign in the yard. I would. But, um, you know, this is my <laughs> representation. So awesome. <laughs> this is my representation fee. But think about it. Think about if I get you a cash offer, Mr. Seller. And in the first weekend, we have that cash offer in hand and we do an open house. And we still go on the market. We're now in a position to say that we have a multiple offer situation the minute another offer comes in. Get me your highest and best. I love, absolutely love your mindset because you're coming from a place of above. You're almost you're you've elevated yourself right. above a real estate agent, above a transaction. And you really are the advisor for that person. For that family, for you, it's really to you, it's the relationship. You're going to do what's best for that client no matter what. And whether it's residential real estate agent, I buyer, you're going to do what's best for them. I love that mindset. We always classified here. I've always been harping to people. It's about relationships. You want to survive in any industry. It is about relationships. Technology will change. Think when virtual. Who knows what's going to happen when the robots take over? This this is my you know controversy. This is Luke's statements. robot yeah, rant. My robot <laughs> rant. When the robots take over, you don't know what's going to happen. But I know one thing won't change: human relationships. The medium of how we communicate might change. It might be virtual reality, but relationships won't change. And people wanting to have people they know, like, and trust that add value to their life. And that's really the position you're coming from. So I love it. You have a mindset of abundance. You're extremely intentional. I keep hearing you say the word intentional. And I love that word because you're you're intentional about what you're doing. And then you're obsessed. Mm. Yeah. And, and Grant Cardone wrote this book called Be Obsessed or Be Average. <laughs> and it's so true. Anything you get into, I, I'm calling it the Cortez mentality now. <laughs> you burn, burn, the the boats, burn the ships behind you, burn <laughs> yes. the ships. So, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I really think, I don't think iBuyers are going away. I don't think it's going to, I think it's another tool for agents to use. Yeah. And if you own the relationship, no one, they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And the real key in those three is the trust. And if you can put yourself in the position of trust and become a SME, a subject matter expert to that person, to where you understand the traditional market, you understand the non-traditional market, you understand all these options, you're going to win. I mean, whew, you are dropping some fire. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry. I am obsessed in everything that I do that I care about. And I care about the real estate industry. And I feel that it is my duty 
um, to really bring our sellers all the solutions as their consultant. And it's what I teach my agents and, and, and inspire them to just be the best that they can be for their clients. And the rest will follow. I mean, the referrals that we get and the people who trust us, you know, it, it's just, it's a blessing, but I think it's because we put the industry and our, and our, and our consumers first. Mm. Um, and it's not always accepted. I, I get it. And, you know, like I said, I'm scrappy and I, I was built to have that type of backbone to deal with things that aren't always liked. Um, but I hope that I can inspire some people to just tackle, you know, take on some of these risks and embrace change and get ahead of it, get in front of it and see how you can win with it, yeah. how you can be a part of it or even be a voice for it. Um, so, because some of this is not going away. Yeah. And you do have another, I mean, your other side of the business, you're just, you're doing coaching. You have DMI Academy. Are you still doing that? So it's, it's interesting. Um, we, we've kind of shifted into more of a partner with us or, you know, it's, it's hard to scale myself and coaching okay. at the level that we were getting the request. So now, you know, obviously Veronica figure uh, Veronica inspires.com. You can go there. You can learn a little bit on one-on-one -on -one coaching, what that'll look like. Um, also the ability to partner with us. We've got teams already across the country in New York. We've got teams in Oregon. We've got teams in Naples and it's just been fun. I never thought that the minute we turned on the opportunity for people to partner with, with us, that in less than 10 days, we have over 200 agents already as partners oh with us. So goodness. it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's just been interesting to figure out what's the best way to scale thyself. And people just want to be a part of something bigger. And it's 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 shifted more from DMI, the academy. Okay. But DMI is still the, 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 the backbone of this of like, look, I want to help you reach your dreams. I want to help you, you know, go after whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever this looks like, writing your own story of success. And sometimes we need to feed off of each other's inspiration that it's okay to fall. It's okay to fail. It's okay to think differently. And that's what DMI is all about. But now with our partnership, you know, through this new, you know, relationship with EXP, it's really just allowed us to scale that. And okay. be able to, for me to live the life that I believe was my purpose and coaching has been a passion of mine. And now I get to do it just so effortlessly, but yet with so much passion where I'm not worried about taking these people's money, but mm. I'm really focused on growing their businesses. So it's just been a dream. I, I'm so happy. So when you look at your success, because I'm really curious and I ask this question to a lot of people that come on is, are there habits that you do every single day? that has driven success for you? Because everybody's looking for that magic formula. It doesn't exist, but there are habits that people tend to implement that drive success. When you look over your career, what are the things that you would share to other entrepreneurs, other real estate agents out there that are the habits that have driven you and propelled you to where you're at? Wow. I mean, I, I don't really think that there's any secret sauce or magic wand. I think we're all going to find our own way of finding inspiration or living in gratitude or seeking growth or whatever habits they have. For me, it definitely has been, um, we start all of our meetings off with gratitude. Okay. We go around and we, you know, always are grateful for something. And I don't care if you're visiting my office and you could be the executive of Zillow, you could be the executive of, I don't care what company. If you are in my office when we're having a team meeting, 
when it comes around to you, you have to say something that you're grateful for. We mm. kick off all of our meetings with that. I wake up every single day and I give gratitude for the opportunities that we have, even the failures that we've had. And some people probably roll their eyes and be like, that is, you know, she's weird. It really has helped us um, in our habits and how we treat our team and how we treat the people that we're in business with and, you know, just thanking them. Um, other than that, I mean, honestly, I am just obsessed. I read all things, everything real estate. I am always dissecting. I have way too many books. Um, I'm always <laughs> reading on, what's, you know, who's the next, um, you know, rock star agent out there. And then another thing that I did that really helped me grow in my career was, you know, a lot of agents look, um, look to compete in the same market. So I was really focused on collaborating with agents, but I started across the country. So I just became obsessed with traveling all over and visiting the best teams across the country. Obviously, I know not everyone, that's not practical for everyone, but it was just where I chose to invest my money. And I just started really just prospecting top teams and picking their brain and saying, look, I know you don't know me. Um, I'm a huge fan of your work. I see that you coach with so-and-so. Would you, would you mind you know, sharing some nuggets with me. So my, part of my prospecting was not just prospecting buyers and sellers. It was prospecting mentors wow. who were flattered and they weren't in my market and they have now become some of my best friends, some of my best mentors. Um, and that's brilliant. I'm excited. I'll be in Canada tomorrow with, uh, John Cheplak and, you know, some of the biggest names in the industry, mm. Gary Ashton, Chris Lindahl. Um, you know, these are personal friends of mine. But when they first met me, they didn't know who I was. But again, I said to them, I need to know you and you need to know me. And I, they were part of my prospect. That was part of my habits. I knew I had to meet a top agent once a month, if not more than once a month, because they were going to help me get there that much faster. And they were going to inspire me to be a better version of me. Love that. Um, and I have a lot of respect for people who are just running really big businesses. And I'm not afraid to tell them and I'm not afraid to ask them. Um, to help. Mm. So, and they were usually flattered. So that was one of the habits that I instilled early on in my career. And if you can't go across the country, what I did early on in my career, I just took a top producer out to lunch. Hey, do you mind lunch on me? And they were always flattered that for the most the part. That is the greatest thing. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> That's a Gary V. I saw Gary V say one time to a bunch of kids, he basically said, make a list of the top hundred people you want to work for. And just start going down yeah. that list. Yep. He said, you won't get number one, you but you might two. get number 60 yep. Yep. to respond. And then next year, you'll get number 30 to respond. Yep. And he said, and you literally implemented that. You implemented that. And look where you're at now. I mean, wow, that is great advice. All right, last question for you. I could really pick your brain all day. If you guys can't tell, I'm really just in awe. <laughs> listening to all this. It is crazy. Uh, but last question for you. Knowing what you know now. What would you go back and tell younger Veronica? What would you tell her oh, and advice would you give her? So knowing what I know now, and I said this recently because it hasn't always been rainbows. It's been a lot of challenges. Um, I would truly be a better a better leader by releasing people who truly were no longer aligned with our vision earlier um, to avoid mm. the hard headaches and, and just the stress that it did to the operations, that it did to the friendships, that it did to them. You know, because when you're in growth mode, you know, not everybody is on the same wavelength. And they may have at one point been really good for your operation or your vision or your future. But there comes a point where, you know, 
if there's a disalignment, it starts hurting the operation. It starts hurting the friendships. It starts hurting the team. And I, I would definitely tell the younger Veronica is like, look, you know, when you know that person is no longer a fit or you know they're no longer happy and you're no longer happy, have that sit down, move towards conference, those difficult conversations a little bit sooner and free them into their future so they can do what's best for them and you can do what's best for the movement. Um, and you know, and I've read, oh, hire, uh, you know, hire slow, fire quickly. Fire and I, I don't really want to fire anyone. Mm-hmm. I want to free them up into their future so that they can really do what they were meant to do and destined. But I always say, if you've ever worked with me, you're going to leave hopefully a little bit more challenge so that you, wherever you go next, you're inspired and, 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 and you learn something, but I could have done a better job of releasing people into their next chapter of their career sooner. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. If they're not a good fit, they may have been a good fit. Trust your gut. You know, when they're no longer a good fit. It's great advice. advice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Veronica. I got to tell you, I have not seen Luke speechless much. You may be the first guest that left yeah. this guy a little, yeah, little, a little speechless. Little speechless. I'm just <laughs> like, wow. We're gonna have to. If you give us the honor to have you back, there are so many great things we could dive into because I'm just so curious. I mean, we didn't even get into how did you scale the team? How how did you do the touch points with your online leads? I mean, there's so, whew, there's so much, so <laughs> much. Well, before there. we do close, Veronica, let people know where they can connect with you. Yes, you can connect with me at veronicainspires.com. Um, we are the Figueroa team at EXP, and you can always call us at 407-625-3749. And we are here to help you with all your Central Florida referrals or needs. And we are just honored to have been a guest on the show. Love it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today here on Stay Paid, please go on iTunes. Give this a five-star rating. Make sure to leave a comment. You can also find this podcast in video at staypaidpodcast.com. Do us a favor, make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. It really helps us spread the word. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or on Instagram at staypaidpodcast.com or at staypaidpodcast. There's no .com on Instagram handles. <laughs> I got a little, a little mixed up there, Luke. Yeah, you, you got a little I'm a little, yeah. yeah you got I'm a little all tongue-tied. For this episode there. of Stay Paid, I am Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acre, guys. And I'll give you this. I mean, the action item for this podcast really should be go back and listen to it again. I mean, if you listen to the story again, it is so clear there is an in, there is an intentional effort driven by extreme action that is obsessive in a good way. And all these entrepreneurs that I've had the privilege to talk to, meet, have relationships with, they are obsessive at what they do, yeah. obsessive. But the action item that is an amazing golden nugget and really is kind of convicting to myself is make that list like she did. Take that top producer to lunch. Mm. I mean, literally do that this week. Take a top producer in your area, lunch on you. If they can't do lunch, take them to Starbucks. They will be flattered, like she said. Pick their brain because they've been where you want to be. They can give you one golden nugget. There's so many golden nuggets that have been given throughout this podcast. So just imagine that you get this one-on-one attention. And then who knows, like Veronica said, they might become some of your best friends. <laughs> and in the people you hang out with, you're the sum of the six people you hang out with. Just think about that. You are the sum of the six people you hang out with. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business is top producers take action. So take action on that tip today.